Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's a gorilla of destiny. A bullet club OG. Continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tamas Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tamatonga. We're live. Yo, guys, welcome back to Tamas Island Podcast. I'm your host, Tamatonga, with my man, co host, Ross Berman. The folklore hustler, right? A folk hustler. What do you got? I keep um, culture vulture, the I, wrestling hustler. I, I got a, gosh, I got man. a million names, man. I'm, I'm the the folk city hustler. I'm the culture vulture. I'm the apparently the Rasputin of New Japan. I don't know. I'm I'm your wrestling mystic. Hustler. Yep. I'm, I'm your island I don't know mystic. Coming up with something new for you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, welcome back. We got two special guests brought in today from Thomas Island. We also have their own podcast running right now. We like to welcome Ashley. What's up, Ashley? How you doing? Hey, Tom. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hell yeah. We like to have some fun. Let's talk about it. I know you've been uh, kicking it out in wrestling. In, was it Chicago this past weekend? I, I'm yes, a little lost all here. All right. weekend Chicago. in Chicago. <laughs> all right. We're going to have a lot of talk here. And it's your first time on the island, right? Yes. Yes, it yes. is. Yes. Let's do this. And we got a, a, somebody coming back. What's this? Your second, third time? What's what's up? I've lost. Yeah, that's my Number man. Three. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not banned yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not banned yet. Hey, yeah, yeah, Morgan. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but guys, thank you for joining us here on Thomas Island Podcast. We've got a lot to talk about today. I, man, I hope we run a long ass marathon today because I know you. You know, Ashley was there at mm-hmm. live at the event. We got Morgan and I. Uh, we kind of reviewed this before all this went down with one, uh, spe- you know, one particular person that we kind of clowned on because we didn't think he brought the beef anymore. But then he turned up and then like made a fool out of ourselves. But we're gonna redeem ourselves here because we texted, <laughs> we messaged each other and we're like, you know what, we were wrong. Hey, and I'll admit it when we're wrong. When I'm wrong, I'll admit it. You know, hey, I was wrong. But we'll get to that here soon. Yep. Ross, man, I'm gonna hand it over to you. Go ahead and take us through this, man. Man, it has been a wild weekend in wrestling. Not only have we had two big-ass nights in the MetLife Dome in Saitama with New Japan not only crowning uh, new IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, but also a number of defenses across the board, as well as a damn... Choroyano almost stabbed Chase Owens on on night one. We'll get into that. It was a crazy, crazy weekend in the Tokyo, in uh, I'm sorry, in the MetLife Dome. And not only that, we also got an announcement that uh, 
the one, the only Tomatonga is going to be in this year's G1. You're going to be in the B block. You're going to be mixing up with Okada. You're going to be mixing up with Tanahashi. You're going to be mixing it up with Jeff Cobb, with Sonata. You got some, you are, you have a stacked, stacked lineup to, to go up against in the B block. How are you feeling, Tama? And they're going to come up and I'm be Tony Anoki the ass, man. I'm going to slap the shit out of them. <laughs> backhand over here, palm face right here, backhand over here. With every little bitch there is, maybe Carl Anderson will be back of that line when I come with that backhand. We'll see about that. Eh? We'll talk about that here soon. Everyone's getting backhands. Everyone's getting backhands in the G1. But all, not only is it the G1, not only was it Wrestle Grand Slam, but it was also All Out Weekend, like you said, here in in Chicago, in the Chicago land area in Hoffman Estates. Uh, not only did AEW have a huge uh, pay per view with All Out, but GCW also seemed to have a pretty good coming out party this weekend. But I mean, the big the big news coming out of this weekend i mean just the big steamrolled over everything like three three nuclear bombs dropped in one show aew now has ruby soho formerly ruby riot formerly heidi lovelace formerly sally stitches an independent midwest legend they also have adam cole baby who has already realigned with the uh elite and seems to have slid right back into uh where he was right before he died and went off to nxt and the american dragon brian danielson is back he also made his debut at all out and minoru suzuki showed up to challenge john moxley it's been it's been a wild weekend but let's start at the beginning Let's start with Wrestle Grand Slam. It was a huge weekend for for New Japan. They had had some, I think some pretty damn good shows. It was uh it was a pretty uh, we have to we have to lampshade this Tama. It was a rough weekend for Bullet Club. Chase Owens losing that provisional trophy. The Junior Tag Champs ELP and Ishimori losing the the Junior Tag Belts. Evil coming up short against uh against Shingo Takagi. Not uh not the best night for Bullet Club, but House of Terror, House of Torture, looking pretty damn, uh, <laughs> pretty damn strong. And you guys have the most most people in the G one, so it feels like y'all are gonna be bouncing back from that pretty quickly. Man, we gotta highlight the, all the losses first, man. Why can't <laughs> you say the other shit? Why can't you just flip it around, bring all the positive first? You got to be like a Debbie Donner first. Poor I, Bullet Club. Oh, shit. oh come on, Ross, man. I thought we were teammates. I thought we were co-hosting this shit together. We man. are. We are co-hosting, Ross. Shit. I'm. I, Look, I'm on your team. You know, if anyone that's listened to this podcast know, I'm on your team 100%, but they also know that it's my job to to bring up when the bad shit happens. And some bad oh. shit happened this weekend for Bullet Club. But damn, if it wasn't a hell of a show, I think that I think the way House of Torture kind of showed up to uh, to back up Evil really speaks well to their cohesion, considering the fact that they've been a team for less than a week. So that is that is already a very solid unit. It it definitely feels like uh, like Wrestle Grand Slam was a it a return to form. We got the G one coming back. We got Shingo Takagi on a very dominant uh, uh, run with the the IWGP World Title, a belt that I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of bounced around in the summer, and so now it's now it's finally back on on someone's waist. Uh, but let's let's talk about I I, I want to talk about this match. Personally, Chase Owens versus Toru Yano. Last week, I had I had actually said I think I thought Yano had screwed up. I thought that he picked a stipulation that favored Bullet Club and was going to uh, ensure that the Chase Owens left with that uh, KOPW 2021 Provisional Trophy. But shock of shocks, return of returns. 
most violent players version of Yana with the blonde hair, with the uh, weapons galore, with a with a pair of scissors threatening to stab Chase Owens. I mean, it that was a that was a brutal match. That was a brutal, brutal match in the in the Tokyo Dome, Tama. It caught me off guard, to be honest with you, Ross. I, I wasn't expecting this Yano to come back. I was expecting the honey ha 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 you know, googly eye, funny man, no blonde hair, Yano. And uh you've actually mentioned this before. You you know, you've always brought up his credentials. He is mm-hmm. a legit guy. And I was like, man, that's, that's a pass. He's, he can't, he's, he's not capable of that anymore. And I was wrong. I was wrong, man. But you know what? I'll give it to Yano. Uh, I, you think he's going to keep that? Is he going to keep that? I don't know. We got the we got I, the G1 here. Are we going to see Funny Yano? I want to see Funny Yano so we can slap him around easily. But, you know, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see, man. I, I want to see if this is serious. Did Yano turn a corner? Is he is he back to the old Yano? What's going on here? Because chaos, man. They're kind of funny ha-ha right now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're they squad. Bit. They lost the man here, lost the man there. They can't keep any guys. I mean, am I, nope. they, they're going to need some seriousness around here. That's what I think. I think yep, y'all nope. trying to, to step up a little bit, you know, bring back some, some, ugh, some mm-hmm. like back to the group. I, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking. No, I'm, 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 I'm completely with you. Like I said, last weekend, I thought that this was not going to be Yano's match. And I, I was also proven wrong, but I think you're right about chaos as I personally, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan, love the Cubs, but if you've been paying attention to the Cubs over the past uh, few months, they've lost everyone, everyone that made the Cubs who they were in 2016, when they finally won the world series are all now either on the Yankees, the Mets, the they're everywhere, but the Cubs. And I think the Cubs said, I, they, they got like, one guy left who I, I'm sure is going to be a free agent soon. And that seems to be where chaos is at right now. Ever since Jay White took uh, Gato and Jado, it has been just a slow bleed for chaos as they lose guys like show. They lose guys like Jay White. They, they really do seem to be go back, they're go blending. Back, go back. Say, say that again. Go back. Go back. What'd you say? I said, when, 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 when Jay White left for, for bullet club and he took Jado and Gato with him and then show also left for bullet club, uh, you mean it, when 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 Tomatonga brought in Jay White, Jado, and Gato? That's what you yep. meant to say. Yep. Okay. Okay. I, I got you. I got you. Yep. Ah, yep. yep. No. When Tomatonga brought over Jay White, mm-hmm. Jado, and Gato. All right. You go ahead. Absolutely. Continue. Absolutely. When you when you're when your scouting led to uh, chaos, kind of retreating into main unit, like them and them and, and the main unit right now seem to be very hunky dory as a way to kind of protect each other. Uh, but it it does feel like. It feels like chaos is on the ropes. I want to kind of throw. I see see Morgan's kind of like he's biting his biting his fist. I think he kind of wants to chime in. Morgan, what do you kind of think of the state of of chaos post uh, post twenty eighteen? I guess is when we can start this the slow bleed. You mean what's left of chaos, right? Yeah, exactly. Chaos, there's, there's, there's not much there. Yep. There's, there's, okay. All right. Um, I don't really have much to say about that except it's it, it's it's kind of painful. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like painful to watch, especially like we talked a couple episodes ago about uh, a unit that was just forming and how there were some guys kind of left in the wind right now. Chaos kind of feels like it's flapping in the wind. It's flag is half torn, maybe in tatters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it dissolves. Maybe we see something else kind of come out of the ashes, but I will say that, uh, of of the weekend, I think Show and Yo's match was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, brutal at times, very brutal. 
So really great to see uh, a different side. Um, you know, I know Rocky had hoped that they would work it out in the ring and kind of just be all uh, cohesive afterwards. And that clearly didn't happen. So that was also really great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I, Chaos hasn't had uh, the last three years right in the G1. How's Chaos fared pretty well? Not, not not great, right? No, not great, not great. No, I mean main unit. It basically like the the past few the past few G1 finals have either been main unit versus main unit or like main unit versus Bullet Club. Like it, there's not a lot. Like and, and even if we're talking about current Chaos, I mean night one of Wrestle Grand Slam. Yo loses to Show. Show goes off form joins uh, House of Torture. Uh, Okada, who is the the franchise face of, of Chaos, I would think if I'm if I'm looking at, at Chaos, also loses to Jeff Cobb. So they're not uh, they're not on uh, not on the winning side, so to speak, right now. And it does it does feel like it does feel like the the future is kind of cloudy, kind of cloudy for the 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 boys over in uh, over in Chaos. Now remind me if we're Jeff, this is the same Jeff Cobb we were talking about last time that we that is here and is not Will Osprey because I still don't see a Will no. Osprey on the G1 card. I still don't see anything going on. I don't see anything. So you know, uh, well, I'd like to, you know. To be fair, to be fair, Will Osprey is very busy in North America. He's going to be on the uh, North the New Japan Strong tours. He's he's even promising that he's going to have a mystery partner in one of the matches that's that's coming up this fall so there might be a new united empire member coming but i'm with you it does feel like jeff cobb and great okan to that matter have become the dominant forces of the united empire now that hanare is seemingly trapped in new zealand and will osprey is kind of off on his victory lap in north america claiming to be the the, the real champion i don't know ashley what do you kind of think of the state of, of the united empire right now it, it feels like it, the momentum is either shifting or it's it's leveling off maybe yeah, it's it's unfortunate because they were getting off to a really hot start with uh, with Osprey and when they branded, and I feel like now it's just kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it, it it feels like Okan and and Cobb are are kind of working even harder to make sure that their part of the United Empire stays as dominant as the United Empire was when they had Osprey, when they had Hanari, when they were at full strength. Uh, and I like. You know, I, everyone keeps talking about how there are all these subgroups in Bullet Club. Is there going to be a schism? I feel like United Empire, even even outside of chaos, United Empire is the one that feels like the most, the closest to a schism right now. It feels the most like they they could break apart at any moment because like they they barely got they barely got started, and then all of a sudden the all the members got scattered to the wind, and so. Osprey's doing his thing alone. Yes, he might have a, a new guy coming in to join him at some point. Hanare is on Twitter doing his thing alone. And the only ones that are really making a stand, especially now that we're heading into the G1 where they aren't going to have to face each other, Okan's in A block, Cobb is in B block. And so they are they are poised to to really be the the showcase talents of this uh of this uh this group. I don't know. It it it, we're, we're still kind of working on the status of Hanare right now. Part of it's travel, part of it he might be dealing with an injury. We're not sure, but Cobb and, Cobb and Okan seem to be leading the United Empire. It's obvious they're struggling. You guys yeah. don't see that. And you're right. You both are right. They just started. Their man, their top man just made, just became a champion. Had to vacate mm-hmm. it because of injury. 
But now we're in the G1. He's not in it, right? He's not mm -hmm. in it, but he's doing other work in America. So they're separated. And when you start a group up, you can't, it's, you got to stick together to build that foundation, especially on your first year, really trying to push through. And if that doesn't happen, you're disintegrate. And Kyle mm. right now has been, to me, has the power is shifting towards Cobb because he's the man, he's the veteran, he's done it longer, he's older. I mean, he's really proven it time after time again against Shingo, against Okada. He's really, like, really stepping up. And Oka's becoming the second in command because when Osprey was up, uh, who's that? Cobb was second in command, right? Mm -hmm. And Oka was kind of like the brute brawler kind of... When and, and Oka's like, he's the personality too. Like uh -huh. right now, like he, he he stands in the middle of the ring yelling, calling everyone peasants. Like he he has a presence. Right, but here's here's the part now. Now that, mm -hmm. that Cobb is stepping into that to that first, you know, to be the first guy, be the number one, Oka's got a, yeah, that personality is great, but you got to be like second in command. You got to be the underboss. What does that mean? You got to be a sergeant to keep everybody in line. You got to be a strength. You got to be a right-hand man that went... When things step up, you got to be the one to check everybody. You got to check. You got to lean on you. Ishii was like an underboss, yep. right? So you got to have a strong guy. And Oka stepping in. Osprey, unfortunately, is falling. And the way I look at from here, I'm happy because this makes my group even better now that we're starting. A, <clears throat> I say, now, now everybody's got questions right now, right? They go, mm -hmm. what's, this, what's this thing going on here with the House of Torture? Not yeah, House of Terror. Right, no, House of Torture. Yep, I I, I tripped <laughs> I, up. I take both, man. I like two. I like both of them. We either was. It's, it's hot, man. It's hot. Okay? <laughs> Hashtag hot. So, I I you know we are running two countries at the same time, and we're going back and forth and trying. We are the biggest faction in New Japan. Shit, we're the biggest faction in all the world right now, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would think. How many guys? I I'm trying to think of any promotion that has this many guys in it. I, I mean, hell, even even when the NWO was running two countries, they weren't at like they weren't quite at this size. Like it, it was still kind of like maybe mm -hmm. half a dozen, maybe a dozen or so. We are running strong. So the mm -hmm. only possible logical way is to create a subgroup. Now, what is the difference between now and back then that caused a civil war? This shit is in-house. Yeah. The other shit wasn't created in another promotion. The other subgroup wasn't created in, in ROH. This is created in New Japan and is allowed by us. I'm I'm with it. I like it. These now everybody asks me, is evil making play? Hey, I approve of what's going on right now. Because mm -hmm. if you think of the future, Ross has pointed out on Twitter. Ross gets it. You guys gotta pay attention to his Twitter, man. He gets it. He gets it. Cough at Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter. Uh. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, I'm sorry. I took that shit away and brought it back to Bullet Club. My bad. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're talking about Yano, how it sucks. And the chaos. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, we were talking about because because you, you do bring up a good you do bring up a good point. Uh, Bullet Club running two sides. Or Bullet Club needs to be as big as possible. And frankly, the other other factions should probably be joining suit. It's not it's not great that they're they're bleeding uh they're bleeding talent. But do Japan not and uh we got to, we do got to talk about the uh, the main event though because I will say if we're gonna be talking about House of Torture. And we're going to be talking about the strength of, of Bullet Club at the moment. The only reason Shingo Takagi was able to retain his title against Evil on uh, a Sunday morning, Sunday night, depending on which time zone you were in, is because for the first time in seemingly, I don't know, two, three years, LIJ remembered that they're a team. 
and actually ran in to help Shingo Takagi. He was overcome by House of Torture. But it does create this... Uh, it does create the, the conversation that it took all of LIJ to defeat one of Bullet Club's subgroups. And so if I'm Shingo Takagi, I don't know if that, that new unity is everything I'm going to need from the fact that uh, Bullet Club is getting real big, Suzuki Goon's getting real strong. Like, yes, LIJ is united, but that they only stay united for so long. They, they seem to, from time to time, forget their friends. Am I wrong, Tom? <laughs> How does that work? How does a guy become a champion and not the leader of their, of their group? How does that work? Does the champion stand down? I, I mean, like, is, is this like, how does that work? To me, shouldn't Shingo be the leader? And uh, that's just me. I'm asking the question here. What, you guys, Ashley, uh, Morgan? No, I do you I, think. I agree. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm 100% with it because, like, I, I don't see, I don't see the Naito promos where you're like, oh, well, going to give it up to my man Shingo who won the belt. Um, you know, Shingo's closing the shows. So the the other weird the weird thing is like the last time LIJ expanded was when they brought in Shingo yep. and we all thought that there was going to be more people coming in through that right the problem is it's only five guys five guys that definitely sure they're a group they don't work as a family though the thing about Bullet Club Bullet Club is family that's the whole thing. If I'm wrong, no, you're not. Somebody you're, tell me, but I'm not. You're not. You're not. You're you, get, you get to stay. I'm not going to kick you out. I like that. You stay in there. Yeah. You can stay in the podcast. No, that's, that's why. That's why Bullet Club's <laughs> able to have. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why Bullet Club's able to have subgroups because you can have subgroups in the family. Sometimes you know. Sometimes the brothers get along better than the the sons and the fathers and that kind of thing. But uh, it definitely, it definitely feels like Lij is dealing with the fact that I mean to borrow a phrase from from Living Color and also AEW, Naito has that cult of personality that kind of sucks people in. Like, Shingo's running around with the belt, but Naito's still the center of LIJ. Hell, he's in a he's in a tag team with Sonata where Sonata is seemingly, like, shrunk in behind Naito. Like, he's hiding behind Naito during all of the promos. <laughs> like, finally, I have someone who can, who can, you know, deliver a little bit of that, that personality that I keep telling people I, I'm not quite sure is there it does it does feel like naito is the whether he's got the belt whether he doesn't because hell he he lost on on sunday him and sonata went in a a triple threat tag team match against yoshihashi and goto and zack saber jr and taichi and they they came very close but they still lost and yet naito is that he's that center of the group right now and that's definitely definitely something something to, to 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 contemplate i don't know it it feels uh it feels it feels like LIJ needs to needs to kind of figure out figure out their group structure. Thomas Island listeners, as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair, from how it feels after getting a fresh cut to the way it's perfectly styled before we go out, and then we get into our twenties and our thirties, and we start to notice those first signs of hair loss. Oh, it definitely starts to feel like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy ever really wants to go bald, but thankfully, there's now an easy way to keep your hair with keeps. 
Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The only way to really prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. And Keeps makes it very easy. You don't have to go to your doctor's office for hair loss prescriptions. Now, all you have to do is visit a doctor online, get your hair loss medication delivered right to your home, and start now. That's right. They make it easy, and they deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to hanging out in the pharmacy checkout lines and all those awkward doctor visits. And also, they have the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but you've never tried them for this price. Again, you have to start while you still have hair left to save, and treatments can typically take between four to six months, so it's important to act fast. And if you want that first month free, go to Keeps.com backslash Tama. That's right, Keeps.com backslash Tama for your first month free. Head on over to Keeps.com and keep the hair you have while you still have it. All right. Let's get to, Empire too. They need to figure out United Empire needs to be, like really the only ones who like seem to know who they are right now are Bullet Club and Suzuki Goon. Like Bullet Club, they they've got the subgroups. They they seem to have a, a hierarchy. They seem to have a a, a structure to them. Suzuki Gun has less of a structure, but like Minoru Suzuki's over here in America. We'll get to that when we talk about All Out. And they're still like, yeah, no, we're we're good. The boss is away, and we've still figured out how to how to maintain the unit. And so I, there's a reason those two are, are the most popular factions in Japan right now. I mean, like I like I said, Shingo and Shingo and Takagi did 700 more people than Tanahashi and Ibushi. I mean, if that's not a, a blow to main unit, I don't know what is. Um, but let's talk about the rest of the weekend because while New Japan had a big weekend, and yes, the the G1 announcements definitely kind of caught everyone by surprise. We also had a big weekend here in North America, here in Hoffman Estates. We let's let's talk about All Out because it was a hell of a show. I'm I'm sitting you if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm something of a of a cynical asshole from time to time, and every now and then I will be a wet blanket or two on all of the joyous stuff that's going on in AEW and with with North American wrestling. I don't get me wrong, there's there's always room to improve, but I I don't have a lot of cynicism in me. What we saw on on Sunday night was a joyous moment uh for the wrestling world. Ashley was there. She was in the room. She was in in the room with all that energy. Ashley, how was all out? How was the Now Center or the Now Arena uh, in Hoffman Estates for that show? It was it's indescribable um <laughs> the energy in there was just it it's cliche but it was electric everyone mm-hmm. was so happy to be there uh, i actually had um one of my buddies join us because we had an extra ticket and he's not a wrestling fan he's watched mm-hmm. a little bit of wwe but doesn't really pay attention to anything and he was getting involved because he's like everyone is so enthusiastic and he he loves orange cassidy uh that's that's his guy <laughs> but you know he was really engaged and and with the debuts that happened at the end with ruby soho of course and mm-hmm. uh brian and adam cole he was like holy shit like wwe is in trouble because i was giving him the backstory of everything as uh, the night was going on and like he realized the magnitude of kind of what occurred coming from like he had a different yep. perspective he's not you know mm-hmm. he's not involved in any of this so it just everyone had a great time um oh. it's, it's amazing that's fantastic Ashley, I, I have a question for you yeah what's up 
Did you get an ice cream bar? I did not get an ice cream oh, bar. <laughs> um, Damn. Yes. The merch lines were crazy. That's why I was here. I, I saw some. I saw some videos not from uh, uh, Now Arena, but when they did the, the when Punk debuted in AEW at the, the United Center, literally half the arena like files out after his promo just to go stand in line. Like, oh, they got the Punk shirts now. I can I can go get them. Um, but yeah, those ice cream bars provided by the uh, pretty cool ice creamery here in, uh, in in Chicago, Illinois, over in Logan Square. Uh, they, it, but the, I, again, like I said, when he debuted, the ice cream bar is a very good symbol of AEW understanding. Not everyone's going to care about punk. Not everyone's going to care about Brian Danielson or Ruby Soho or like your, like with, with your friend, someone who has never dealt with a, a lot of wrestling in the world. They know what ice cream means. They know what a good ice cream bar is, is worth. Now, yes, they didn't give out the free ice cream at the now arena, but they, the fact that it's still available, the fact that they are still saying that we're the ice cream promotion is definitely, it, it's a good sign. It's, it's, it's very, oh, yeah. it makes me happy. It makes I me joyous. When I, saw, right? when I first thing, saw that, oh, oh go ahead, go ahead, Ashley. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say uh, one thing that I thought was pretty cool, too, is I was leaving the bathroom and this, this woman started talking to me. She was in a CM Punk shirt. And she's like, what match are you most excited for tonight? And I was mm -hmm. like, well, obviously punk. I'm like, but I'm really pumped to see the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. And she's like, who are they? And I was like, ah, they're, they're <laughs> like, they're in the oh, team match. And she Love goes, it. Oh, she goes I'm, I, I'm a WWE fan. She goes, yeah. I've never watched AEW. Coke is here. So I'm here. And I'm like, wow. Like, I just thought wow. that was really cool because she... She jumped over. I'm like, you're going to have a great time because AEW shows are always fun. But like, I was taken aback at first. But I'm like, that's just shows the magnitude of what's happening. Yep. No, you're, you're spot the hell on. If someone is going to all out the biggest show in AEW history, it's also their, I mean, this is like their WrestleMania. That's like yeah. going to WrestleMania and being like, I don't know who Vince McMahon is. Uh, like the Young Bucks are, they... <laughs> They run that company and there are people that are just like, I'm here for punk. That's amazing. Yeah. That is that is the best news I've heard out of the weekend. <laughs> uh, like that anecdote right there uh, is just absolutely spectacular. Morgan, what did you kind of what did you think of, of the show? Just free associate. We'll, we'll get into the deeper parts in a second. But what, what comes to mind when I say all out to you, Morgan? I mean, they went all out. Let's, let's, be, <laughs> let's be candid. They did not. There was no punches held back uh, no. on anything. And. Obviously, you know, I told you before we went on air, and now I get to go see Minoru Suzuki stateside, which is something that is on my bucket list because mm -hmm. first, it, that was to me that was like, oh, all right, we've there is no more di division. It's all mm -hmm. the it's it's all WWE playing their their stuff in their field. Everyone else. Again, as I said before, I think the last two times I was on, when everyone eats together, when everyone eats together, that's the best thing because everyone makes money, right? Yep. So, no, and I'm I'm glad you brought up Suzuki because it this is a it's a good highlight of just how well presented the night was because mm -hmm. Ashley's friend isn't alone in that arena. There are plenty of people that were at All Out who either don't know the Young Bucks and let's be real. If you don't know who the Young Bucks are, I'm going to also assume you don't know who Minoru Suzuki is. Like, you know, there are, there are people that didn't know who yep. he was, but you listen to that reaction and it proves that it doesn't matter if someone knows who they are. Mm -hmm. You treat someone like a big deal, they will get reacted to like a big fucking deal. Because when John Moxley beats Satoshi Kojima in one hell of a, just a battering G1-style match, 
that music hit. The crowd went crazy. The two of them went out there, delivered some elbows the same way they did uh, in, the, in the Tokyo Dome at, at Wrestle Kingdom. It was very res- reminiscent of that. And the crowd went freaking nuts, whether they knew who he was or not. I mean, what did you think of, of Kojima and Suzuki getting love from the Hoffman Estates crowd, Tama? Oh, I loved it. It's great. It, it's a nice. It's nice to see the American fans just bring that love in. Um, and they are a great representation of New Japan. And I, 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 watching that, watching the the reaction, the their match, the ah, it was just it gave me like just chills, man. To see, you know, I work with both of them here, yep. right? And it's every day, and and you kind of get in this like routine, but then like, and it it, it just becomes normal. But then to mm-hmm. see that happen on an all out show, on a pay per view show in another country, in your home country, and you're like, oh shit like the love for them you just appreciate it especially with a guy like kojima who let's let a he's one of the most he's one of the most positive twitter presidents you'll ever find but also (laughs) the fact that like for for a while now it's been his job to have matches with young lions it's been his job to really help the younger generation get used to the new japan ring and so to see him kind of come back from sort of a like a a trainer emeritus role and still be treated like a big ass deal in the states Mm -hmm. that is again you you present someone like a big deal they will be they will be treated like a big deal he he was just celebrating on twitter today he grew his following by like five thousand plus people because they saw him on aew and were like i'm i'm in on bread club bread club is growing (laughs) is growing stronger um I think he was carrying like like ten loaves of bread yep. on his way out of the arena. Or oh yeah, oh yeah. No, he's Everybody he's loading up. Him with bread. He's loading up on bread and Panda Express, man. That's that's his that's his North American diet. Um, and I I could not be I could not be happier for him. I could not be happier for Suzuki, who's apparently going to be sticking around doing some. He's going to be on Dynamite this Wednesday. He's going to be in GCW uh, when they're they're making their run. So uh, it's going to be it's going to it might have been the summer of Punk, but it's going to be the autumn of Suzuki. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun time. But Suzuki, not the only big surprise at at this year's uh, AEW All Out. Another big surprise, depending on how much you've been following her Twitter, is the one, the only Ruby Soho making basically a hometown debut. She's a Midwestern uh, Midwestern gal who has pretty much carved her legacy on the Midwestern indie scene and getting one hell of an ovation. I'm going to throw to you, Ashley, again, that Ruby Soho uh, reaction when she debuted as the Joker in the Casino Battle Royal. What, how was that? How was the arena for that? That was, that was really special. I don't watch WWE at all. So I, I'm not, I'm, I know Ruby Soho, I know Ruby Riot, but I'm not like super familiar with a lot of her work, but the, uh, the crowd was chanting for her throughout, throughout the match. And then, so, you know, it was expected, but once her music hit and it was finally announced that she was the Joker, I mean, everyone lost it. And I, you could see how happy she was coming out. And like, you see the, the, her saying hi to Bryce Remsburg after the match. And just to be a part of that and to see such a warm welcome, like I felt for her. I thought that was really amazing. And I think she's going to thrive here. I'm really, I'm so excited to see, um, you know, what's to come. When she's, she's not only someone who brings a lot to the ring. She's also someone who behind the scenes is very good at helping kind of guide a division. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm still getting a little emotional. Cause like, I, I remember I, I used to play music on shows before, 
uh, Ruby Soho would would wrestle on like freelance wrestling. She would wrestle under a mask as Sally Stitches because she technically wasn't supposed to wrestle in Chicago for anyone but AAW. She was like, I believe in freelance enough that I'm going to do it. And now she's getting this 10,000 uh, person reaction in, in the now range. It's just very, very beautiful stuff. It's very much good things happening to good people. Morgan, what did you think of, of Ruby Soho's debut? I, I, it was a moment. And even when you, uh, I can't wait for a major title run. Mm. I mean, a national title run on national TV for her would be the crowning achievement of everything she's worked for. Um, from what people who I know who have met her have said that she's one of the most, uh, just positive people that you will ever meet. And, uh, it's, it's really refreshing seeing the fan reaction as i mean we you know it, it's kind of cliche that everyone who who has kind of had their future endeavors from wwe considers it a prison right and to have those proverbial shackles taken off someone and then come over anywhere if it's you know new japan aew and just see the general positivity and the happiness there's just such a shift there and that's what I'm more excited for is that these people finally get to have that moment of I get to go make money and I get to go have fun and I get to go do my thing. That's great. To me, that is, that's what wrestling should be. It should be everyone getting their ideas. And, and Ruby is someone who, I, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what the, you know, I can't wait to see Ruby versus Brett. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I saw her in WWE and she wasn't getting the reaction like she got coming out to yeah. AEW. Yep. I've seen her come out of the WWE and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. She was th- with, with two other girls, right? They were yep. the Riot Squad. And okay. But then I, right before she came out of AEW, she was putting out stuff on Twitter. She did like a trailer and I was like, oh, that's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. You know, the way she she presented herself like bigger, like a big deal. And I was like, the way they did it, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Nobody's doing it like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, few. Yep. But then when she came out on AEW and the pop, I was like, what the fuck? I'm glad you brought up her video, too, because like everyone's been doing the jailbreak. Everyone's been doing, you know, the Joker. I've left the asylum thing. And so it's like ev- everyone is, has basically branded themselves an ex-con, whether their character is one or not. And so this was this was Ruby Soho really saying, like, no, this is who I'm going to be. I'm this I'm running away. Like it's even on her trunk. She's the runaway. She is the she's the one who got away from uh from WWE. And the fact that they the fact that she she was able to really market that song to the point where when that pop happens, the only thing the song has said is destination unknown. Her name hadn't even shown up on the the screen yet. People just heard that song and knew it's her. It's finally her. This is not a song she has ever entered to in WWE. This is just through her Twitter and through the fact that people know her and Rancid go back. She was able to get that Ruby Soho song to the point where from the name that tune first note, people were losing their minds. And you just you love to see it. It It really really excited to see what they'll do and they didn't waste it either if you watch that if you watch that battle royal back the person she ends up going to the end with is thunder rosa who is one of the most popular women on the world on the wrestling scene today i mean the year thunder rosa's had is amazing and so to put immediately put ruby and thunder rosa right on that level and to really spark people's imaginations like that tells me that they they were they were trying to make more moments than just the win they wanted to really wanted to really immerse her in this 
in this group. And I just, oh, a beautiful moment. She's going to be facing Jamie Hayter on, uh, on Dynamite. And so we will, we, we will see what, what is next for Ruby Soho. But man, she was not the only tattooed punk rocker. <laughs> that uh how many times we're gonna say this Russell, but man oh, I know. it wasn't the only yeah. i know yeah so that's the thing all out was a... more surprises for you guys <laughs> she wasn't the only tattooed punk rocker oh. making a big ass return Look, CM Punk, what, baby hey and that's what i love about this all out uh pay-per-view yep. from top to bottom they kept your interest your your attention yeah. span was constantly checked you know, they constantly, it's like running a 400 meter relay, right? Yep. You got your first leg, second, third, fourth. On the whole show, the first from the beginning that the Eddie Kingston match was like, everybody was hot. The mm-hmm. whole people, uh, uh, elbow caused a reaction. <laughs> people was just nuts. And so you just stack it. And in between, they kept throwing these surprises, right? And you're just like, holy shit. And it kept the energy up, you know? And then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now, now they got to now. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I might go, yep. uh, get a little ahead of myself. No, but then they it. got to the semifinal, right? The semifinal. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You could tell, I could tell on social media, there was a lot of people that kind of, it was like, they weren't really looking forward to it. I'm not going to name the guy, the wrestlers because I got mad respect for both of them. I'm not yeah. saying that they're bad or anything, but no. people were just kind of like not interested, but in a relay, right? Your third leg is always like the slow piece because your fourth leg is the fastest one to take it back. You got everybody interest. So I, when you look at that card, right, mm-hmm. they kept everybody's interest at peak and they were just like peppering in surprises. Then the end. So I kind of went ahead of you. Sorry, Ross. Go no, that's ahead, fine. my man. Sorry, Ross. No, that's fine. Cause you, you, uh, you brought up the main point that I, I wanted, I was going to get through with CM Punk is CM Punk comes back. He has, a pretty good it's a great match with Darby Allen. It's very understated, a good kind of showcase. And then they hang on, let me let me just make sure I, I, I'm covering this right because I believe after CM Punk versus Darby Allen, that was when we had the semifinal match, which I, I did want to talk about because I was also one of those people that was like, What the hell is this match? I don't know if this is necessarily <laughs> the uh the match that that I I thought it was going to be. Hang on, I'm trying to pull up the the card here. Because uh, the 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 semifinal match that we're talking QT about Marshall. is of course Q T Marshall yeah. versus uh, Paul White in a match that supposedly had no. They didn't have a time limit according to to backstage reports. That match was going to go however long they needed it to go, depending on how much time was left in the pay per view. And I think it was a very smart place for it because by the end of Punk uh, and Darby Allen, I was burnt the hell out. I needed a minute <laughs> to like collect my thoughts. And quite frankly, watching QT Marshall just get a quick choke slam from Paul White, exactly the kind of palate cleanser I need between the big ass show and the, <laughs> the giant main event. So I, I don't, I, I, I was originally a person who supported that. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I thought it was a weird match, but I was like, all right, these are two guys that I'm going to like. But where it was placed, I think really made really made the the show. You could see it in in the fight in the, in the final match with mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Omega that the people were like tired. 
yep. you, you're running like a three hour, like three hours and 50 minutes show and people yep. were tired. The match, the, the match wasn't bad. It was a great match. Mm-hmm. But the people who were fucking tired. And not only were they, for two, you know, you can only scream for so long. Right? Yep. They and also, they did a tailgate before with a beer garden. So <laughs> yep. yeah. you're running a it marathon a when day. you go to a wrestling show. It's a marathon, people. Yep. It's yep. not yeah. like three hours. It's like the whole day. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, I, uh, oh, sorry, I, I remember, you know, I just remember being at TakeOver when Nakamura won the belt. And we were all, by the end of that show, everyone did not have a voice. And every water bottle in the area of Brooklyn was sold out for like a specific thing because we were chanting for Rude, we were chanting for Nakamura, you know, everyone just, everyone had lost their voice. So it is definitely a marathon, but a four hour, five hour, and then Fan Fest and whatever, all, you know, and then everyone chanting, it all compounds, the energy burns off. So I actually, I agree with you, Ross. And I also, I thought that match was, was fun. I like watching QT Marshall get his ass whooped. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I've I've said it many times. I'm waiting for the hindsight era when we can all admit that QT Marshall is doing great. Please, everyone, stop being so hard on him. Um, no, he's, but, he's phenomenal. He's, true. He's, a, he's a phenomenal heel. I mean, like but, honestly, him and MJF are are two, are two of the best heels in the company. Yep. No, I I completely agree with you. But also to the point of that main event, not only was the crowd tired, they also knew we've got at least one or two more surprises to come because everyone went into this weekend knowing we're going to get Brian Danielson. And then all of the contract stuff made it clear that, oh my God, we might be getting Adam Cole as well. And so they're watching this very good match between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage and thinking about everything but the match. Like they're bringing out tables, they're bringing out interference. Like Omega and Christian did everything they could to hook that crowd back in, but they're all like, all right, get this over with so we can get to the, we can get to more debuts. You've, you've given us so many debuts. I'm fiending. Come on, give me one. I need another one. I need another one right now. And so, so Kenny Omega defeats Christian Cage. A, like we said, a real good match. I think I think the the Rampage match had a bit more of that that edge no, to it. No, but this was a great no, match. Ross, I don't want to jump ahead of of yep. CM Punk and and the Darby Allen match because we got we're gonna back yep. it up a little bit because I really enjoyed that match. Okay, I I felt mm-hmm. that CM Punk never missed a step. Nope. I really liked what they were performing. I and I have a lot more respect for Darby Allen of his work. Mm-hmm. Um and just the selling, the timing, everything what they did was just it was money, man. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed their match. Uh I was wrong. Hey, um, this is my <laughs> second second week apologizing that I was wrong cool. about CM Punk, and this will be finally it. All right. But yep. I was wrong about CM Punk. He he wow, that like he still got it, man. He never missed a step. Seven years, was it? out of the ring came back and just kept popping man and mm-hmm. that's respect for a worker man got my respect sam punk <laughs> hell yeah that's that, that's hard one on this show let's be real it's hard that is that is hard one respect to cm punk cheers <laughs> cheers to him raising a red bull sorry go ahead morgan i messaged thomas thomas said and i said i, I was wrong I said I was wrong. I said, "All right, I'm. I, I'll. You know, when I come back, if I come back, I'm going to say it. I was wrong. I the chemistry was there, but I, I the first thing I did was I messaged him. And I said, I, 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 all right, whatever. I was wrong. Fine. And it was, no, right it was great. To, it's all right to admit yeah. that you're wrong. You're human. We all make mistakes, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, but it was it was great to be wrong too, because like there was points in the match where it felt somewhat slow for me for a CM Punk match and then it hooked me back in and that felt great and 
even what they did before with Sting, where Sting's like, I'm going to stay in the back. Fist bump him, I'm going to leave. The fact that they planted that there, the fact that this was going to be one-on-one, phenomenal. Mm. So, A little no, bit yeah. it did at the end. This is, this is what I saw with Darby Allen. After Darby lost, right? It's yep. the way he sold. I, Sting came in, checked it, checked the CM Punk. Okay, cool. Everybody, all right. But Darby Allen was still selling. You know, he, you know, it's little things. And if you pick yep. up, it's a worker, right? If you're if you're a wrestler and you're watching mm-hmm. this, watch the little things, little details that Darby, because Darby just didn't get up and walk back like he didn't get his ass beat. He was selling. And and then they got out of the ring. And then Sting. Being like this made me like realize the kind of like situation that they're they're giving yep. to us. Sting is like a father figure in, in the wrestling world for Darby. And of course, we've talked about this before, but you could really see it right then when he when Darby came outside and then Sting is helping him up all the way. Well, Darby's still selling. That's great work, man. That's really fine details like that. I'm like, yeah. I, I really like that. Good yeah. shit. No, it's and and I, like I, we'll go into this when we when we get through all of the surprises. But it was a good example of AEW making sure that one of their big debuts or returns doesn't overshadow all of the work they've done so far. Because this could have been Punk's moment. Punk won his first match in seven years, and instead he's shaking hands with Sting and standing there with Darby and Sting like they're like they're a trio. And so the way that they blended that group together immediately after the match gave me a lot of hope for the way they're 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 telling stories i gotta ask ashley you were there for the punk darby allen match it sounded surprisingly enough like the crowd was pretty split at least in the opening stages between punk and darby was that is that the audio or is that legit no that was legit and i was actually surprised by that obviously darby is beloved throughout AEW, but punk is beloved throughout chicago so i thought it was going to be a little more um like divisive but it Mm -hmm. was pretty split uh, which is good to see, though, that Darby has was able to maintain that. I didn't know if he was going to work heel, play things dirty, um, but it was it was a good match. I have to give I have to give the show another watch because being there, I was just like in the moment and paying attention mm-hmm. to like the body language and <laughs> to the <laughs> chance and everything. So I, I didn't get a, a chance to like analyze all the matches too much, but it fun. was very balanced in terms of the the crowd reaction. And that that kind of warmed my heart because I was originally saying that like CM Punk has to win or else they're gonna burn down Chicago if Darby wins. But the way that crowd was, I don't think they would have. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. I, it would have. It. I think they. I think AEW's done a very good job of keeping their stars stars even in the wake of bringing in people that like a lot. Many have said are are, are bigger than that. Uh, and so that. And so let's. Let's let's rip the band-aid off. Let's talk about the final two after Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. At, Kenny Omega essentially says no one can beat him. The only people that uh, are around that could beat him are either retired, not in the company, or already dead. Lights go out. Cue the ghost of Adam Cole with his Bebe chant and all, uh, getting a, a hell of a reaction from Hoffman Estates. And then immediately super kicking, uh, I believe it was either Christian Cage or Jungle Boy, one of the one of the faces and rejoining with the elite, picking up right where he left off before he headed, uh, headed on over to NXT. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ashley, cause you were there. What was the, what was the reaction like for Adam Cole? I mean, that's the loudest I've heard the, the baby chant. I think since it's like a takeover, at least. I think I, I was speaking for, for myself. That took me by surprise, not the reaction, but him coming out. Cause like you said earlier, we all kind of anticipated uh, Brian Danielson to be making his debut. So at the at the end of the night, that's when everyone started chanting for him. There were no Brian chants 
um, earlier in the show, but when the lights went out, I think that's what everyone was expecting. And then when you saw Bebe pop, pop across the screen, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. And then, but then you have that feeling of, well, we're still going to get Brian. Like, is this still going to happen? How is this going to end? So, I mean, it was a very genuine um, surprised reaction, but everyone was pumped. Yeah, no, it was it was a very big moment for Adam Cole returning. And then as soon as Adam Cole made it clear that he is not there to challenge Kenny Omega, someone else made it clear that they they'll be there to challenge him. It seems like Daniel, like we said, formerly Daniel Bryan, now Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, once again, entering to a trap remix of Flight of the Valkyries that uh, is divisive on Twitter. I like it. You can I really move it. to it. Yeah. yeah. How did it sound in the arena? Because like, it feels like the kind of track that's made for a big sound system as opposed no. to like my, my shitty laptop speakers. I Well, the whole arena was shaking because everyone was doing the yes chant. But as soon as we left, I was like, that was like a fucking fantastic theme song. And my friends didn't agree with me, but uh, I liked it. It sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted him to come out to the final countdown. It didn't happen. And Ross, you know how it hurts my heart. Well, and and, and I, I want to shout out uh, former commentator Lenny Leonard. He's still commentating, actually. I shouldn't say former. Lenny Leonard uh, of, of Ring of Honor and various other independents. The, the cost of Final Countdown by Europe, Daniel Bryan's original song for Ring of Honor, is about $250,000 for licensing fees, which I don't care how many sports teams you own, is too much for an entrance song. Flight of the Valkyries, however, is public domain because it's over 100 years old and it's it's classical music. And arguably, it's Daniel Bryan's bigger, more popular song. Like there are, don't get me wrong, Ring of Honor had a lot of people following when he had Final Countdown. But when he had Ride of the, when he had Flight of the Valkyries, he had people in NFL stadiums doing yes chants that he wasn't there for. So I, I think they were smart going with Flight of the Valkyries. I think they're smart kind of taking that, that yes chant that WWE can't trademark because it's just the word yes. Uh, and so they, it really does. It does feel like, like flight of the Valkyries was, was the right call. I hate, I hate that I'm right. Cause I know a lot of people wanted final countdown, but never, never trust, never, never doubt the power of the draw of public domain, public domain music always wins out. Um, that's what, I mean, hell that's why macho man was pomp and circumstance. Uh, because he could he could use it wherever the hell he wanted to, and all he had to do was just re-record it, and you've got you own the trademark. Um, but it it definitely it definitely feels like this was the big momentum shift because not only has WWE lost some big talents in the case of guys like CM Punk or Adam Cole, they lost talents where they weren't able to do that thing they do where they bring someone in, give them a new name, and own all of the like likenesses that that they would have to then take out of WWE. Adam Cole's still allowed to be Adam Cole. Not, and more importantly, he's still allowed to be Adam Cole, baby. So they don't have to censor him there. CM Punk's still allowed to be CM Punk. CM Punk's still allowed to be CM Punk with Living Colors cult of personality. And so you're finally seeing AEW no longer have to do parody. They don't have to do sound alikes. They can just straight up be like, we're the place that has some of the top talent that WWE has seemingly let slip through their fingers. As Adam Cole said last night, even he didn't know that his contract was up when it was up. No one has followed up on this, but apparently everyone was under the impression that he had like six more months. 
And for a company that big, I got to wonder what the hell's going on over there. Cause they, I mean, they have let some serious, serious talent slip through their fingers. The momentum feels like it's shifting. Last night's raw was supposedly one of the best raws ever. No one watched it, but like they focused on the tag division. It was labor day. I heard great things. I heard great things from, no, look, SmackDown has momentum. NXT has momentum. That's Monday it was. Nobody watched it, but you know. Monday Night Raw, I follow along with through the people that have decided I'm going like because I don't there aren't Monday Night Raw viewers. There are wrestling journalists that have to cover Monday Night Raw and then they sit there for three hours grumbling, going, I guess this show is happening. And though that's the main discourse that I hear about Monday Night Raw. Oh. And no, this was apparently now. I'm gonna just I saw some people talking about that. They're like raw. Uh, yep. come on it's monday night raw you can't compare that to a pay-per-view they, no that's right they're, no ab- absolutely wrong. not but it, yeah. it you're not wrong but it does feel like it, it does feel like the question of what does wwe have to do to to kind of fight back against this this turn of momentum there it seems like it's getting harder and harder to answer that question I, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to you morgan because you're pointing already what what would wwe have to do to to switch this tide so I'll even I'll even go a step further than this. What did they book as their their WWE Championship match last night? They booked Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton. I don't want to see another Randy Orton match. I, I I love his work ethic and I know what he's provided for the company and whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to try and swing the momentum any way, any different way, give me something else, anything different. I don't want to see another Randy Orton. Extreme rules, whatever match. Like, that's not what I, I want to see you push the envelope. I want to mm-hmm. see you try to do something that is different, especially since we're rebranding NXT and whatever shiny thing. I don't even know what we're going to do. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't. I really don't. And I said it before they lost me as a viewer a long time ago because of certain things that just were so. It, it, we said it before. AEW, I have faith in now because they're putting their money where their mouth is and saying, trust us, we're going to do this. We know what you want. Even when Tony Khan, when they when Punk debuted, everyone knew it. It was tongue-in-cheek, but we knew it was happening. WWE is used to being like, oh, Royal Rumble's coming up? You want Dan, you want uh, Brian Danielson's last guy? Here's Rey Mysterio. Go ahead. Here you go. Mm. Have fun. Um, so it's just like the master of the mind games. Like it's, it's a trick to either keep us watching, but give me something different. I love Bobby Lashley. I love the title run. I really don't want to see you go against Randy Orton. I don't want to see that. I, I love that you focus on the tag division, but you need to also look at your contracts and you need to sit down with your talent and be like, what do you think? Not guy who is creative booker or guy who is head of creative booker, but what do you think talent we need to do to draw people? Because the talent is the reason why people are coming there, not because you are booking a show a certain way, right? That's just me. No, you're not wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I think AEW has done a good job at booking, but what is pulling people right now are the talent. What's pulling people is the idea that anything can happen from from big debuts like Adam Cole to little stuff like John Moxley was wearing a GCW hoodie during his entrance i mean let's talk about that let's talk about the fact that he's now he's he's on tnt almost every week he's a former champion and he's also the gcw champion and ashley you were there 
in Hoffman Estates this weekend when John Moxley beat Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, for the GCW Championship. I mean, they're real. They're letting these guys do whatever the hell they want. What well, What was that moment like when when Moxley walked into into that arena? So, are you talking about All Out or War? No, I'm talking. Or- I'm talking about uh, uh, Art of War Games, the the GCW show on on Saturday where where Moxley won the title. So. Cardona, of course, wrestled Frank the Clown first. <laughs> yep. Shout out. Did, shout out, did, shout out to Chicago, Chicago Zone. Welcome. No, Chicago. <laughs> truly, truly one of the truly Chicago's favorite favorite heel, Frank the Clown. Everyone yep. loves to watch him get his ass kicked. Um, so you know that happens, and the match ends, and we're like, this can't be it. Like, can't be yep. it. People started leaving. Yep. And we're like, this there has to be something else. And then, of course. Um, G music hit, I believe, yeah. and he the the people come out and Mox started wiggling, and I'm like, it can't be. Like I hope it is, but it can't be. And I was just waiting to get heartbroken again. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it was. We didn't realize it was a match. Okay. I didn't know that the match, like it was like a legit match. And then he he hits him, he pins, they ring the bell, and they crown him the new champion. And we're like, like the crowd the crowd lost it but i didn't know that it was actually happening i don't know if i couldn't i was in the, all the way in the back so i don't know if like i just didn't hear it but that was absolutely insane and he just can do no wrong right now i feel like mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, on a whole nother level and it and it's he's on that level because like at, i mean i i hate to be this kind of anti-labor about it because tony khan's letting him because at yeah. the end of the day when WWE is asked, hey, how do we get fans back? They go, well, bring back Lesnar. Uh, maybe The Rock will be willing to do something in the spring. We'll, we, we, we've got some names you could bring in like that. Whereas with, with AEW, they seem to very much be like, if we let these guys, you know, go work for GCW, work for FSW, work for Impact, work where, let them do what they love to do as long as they're making their TV dates. And it's, it's really, it's creating a bond that I feel like paid off at All Out. Like All Out felt like the culmination of, of the past kind of couple of years of, of AEW setting up expectations. Uh, Tama, you, you look like you're ready to burst. What's, yeah, what's on your mind? I, I, I just, you know, I want to I wanna jump on this real quick. Yep. Now, everybody's looking for a fight, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. looking, talking about momentum shift, the shift has gone to AEW. This, I really, now, now I'm going to just say this from my perspective of him in japan minding my own damn business but looking out here in america you see wwe it doesn't look like they're doing their own thing not worrying mm-hmm. it's like not worrying about aw or anybody else is just like shoe fly don't bother me mm-hmm. right aw is is popping off and and i think the fans are just looking to oh this is gonna this is war they want they want that competition they want aw to be the one but wwe is looking at it as like no competition whatsoever now mm-hmm. Now, I think now. Now look, WWE is this is WWE. They're like mm-hmm. deep pockets, their connections, their resources. They're. I think if they go to war, if like how people want them to go to war, I don't think there'll be competition after that. I think we're looking at it like every move they're doing today, the shows mm-hmm. that they're putting together is to counter what's happening in AW today. I don't think that. I think they're just doing their own thing, minding their own business and, and acting like this is not competition because I think WWE, if they really want to go to war, they'll go to war and you'll know when they'll go to war right now. Well, it doesn't, 
that's that's just me i think oh no and i i think you're spot on because i feel like ww also knows that they have some areas where they are better than aew right now because yes we're talking about all of the ways that aew has taken their momentum but let's talk about the fact that we are less than 72 hours removed from all out one of has been heralded as one of the greatest pay-per-views of the past 15 years. I've heard people say as good as WrestleMania X7. They're throwing out Wrestle Kingdoms. They're throw- it's, it really does seem like people believe this was a great show. It's but it is show. also, it was a great show, but it has also left a lot of fans going, all right, where are the black people? Where are the women? Where is a little <laughs> bit more of that representation? Yep. And over on WWE, your world champions right now are Bobby Lashley, Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. So you've already got some some pretty heavy representation there. Then you add whatever this hip hop fueled NXT rebrand is going to be. WWE is subtly coming to play. They're just not coming to play in the way that AEW is because AEW is making these big bold moves. WWE just sticking to the stuff that has been working because like mm-hmm. Hit Row working for them right now. Bobby Lashley working. Roman Reigns working overtime right now. Mm-hmm. And I think if they if they focus on that stuff, if they if they keep the bloodline as hot as it's been, it's not it's not going to be it's it's still going to be it's still going to be a fight. It's still going to be AEW something. AEW has to keep it consistent. They yeah. have to consistently keep putting out the shows. No more exploding barbed wire match, death match. No more of that mm-hmm. dumb shit to make people talk shit about them. You have to know what you're doing. Keep to the stuff that works to, for you, you know, and and get versatile and keep it consistent consistent mm-hmm. with keeping people happy and great shows what they did at all out i don't buy pay-per-views i don't i don't yep. but i was like i'm gonna check it out because everybody was talking about it and and you gotta keep that going i'm minding my own damn business in japan i like this yep. stuff i'm just here storing the pop and we'll see how it goes from here but <laughs> you know I, I i they gotta keep it consistent this is not a yep. war i don't care what anybody thinks it's not a war not yet mm-hmm. at least but if AEW no. keeps keeps it consistent and just keeps on running, we're going to see one. Uh, ahead, I agree. You, you, come on. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. But this also harkens back to two things that I think they're doing very well. We glossed over a, a, a match that was on the card that we didn't even we didn't even talk about. We didn't talk about MJF versus Jericho. We didn't talk about what that brought to the table. We didn't talk about how MJF and we talked a little bit about how MJF and QT are possibly two of the most hated people right now. That's consistency in that bit. But I agree with you. There isn't a consistency in week in, week out. Mm-hmm. They've got four shows now. Things are kind of, they're finding their groove. Now, alternatively, I'll think I'll back to it. As much as I don't want to see a Randy Orton match versus Bobby Lashley, I'm sure that will draw people for them because there are people who are diehard Randy Orton fans. Mm-hmm. There are people who are just like, they have RKO tattooed on them. So that's great. I get it. Cool. I lo- that's great. So if it works for them, it works for them. What I, what I don't like and what, I'm, what, I, what I love with New Japan is, is there's always going to be long-term storytelling, right? It's mm-hmm. long-term storytelling. We've talked about that before. And if either one of the, the two companies in America can get that, even Impact, if Impact can even get that right in terms of long-term storytelling and hook, that's going to win whoever this imaginary war is. I don't think any, I think both companies are trying to do their own thing where there's 
some people getting bumps in the ratings and some people are doing this and you're getting guys going over there, but they're trying to flex their muscles. You know, you have guys like Cardona who's doing every independent show impact. He does AEW run. They're trying to figure out where their stride is now that they've left the big conglomerate. Right. Mm-hmm. So everyone's trying to get out of this, 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 this perception of I've been pigeonholed to do this. Let me see what I can do. Right. That's, that's what I want to see in terms of long-term storytelling is someone who finds their stride and runs with it the entire way. Yeah. No, and it, it, it does feel like it, it, I, I still maintain that, like, I think Tom is right. The fans want this to be a war. I think maybe AEW wants this to be, I don't even know. They, I think they, I do believe that they are focused on their own product, but they do take just enough oh, shots. And I'm like, they want, yeah, they want to be a war. But, but the people, but right now the people, and no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I think the people that are going to make this a war are the advertisers. Because at mm-hmm. some point, at some point, people are going to notice the trend in the boardroom. At some point, people are going to notice that even even SmackDown is kind of trending downward at the moment while AEW is trending up. And it's entirely possible AEW will plateau any day now and they'll stay at a million something people, but that's not the way that the trends have been going. And so in like two or three years, when some of those ad deals come up, it's go- that's when the actual war will begin because right now AEW is very comfortable. They got their TNT extension way earlier than they thought they would. WWE is very comfortable. They're making a billion dollars. They're going back to Saudi Arabia. Like their earnings are good. It's going to be when, when these ratings actually start to affect those earnings, that's when the war starts. That's, that's when you're going to be able to start flying the flag and sounding the bugle right now. It's just, we're just building up. It's just, it's, it's, it's still, building, all right. there's, oh, yeah, oh. right. it's building. I love it. I'm still waiting. I'm it. still waiting on one war. <laughs> I'm waiting on one war. And now Tama is come back to you. I want to see. Oh, no, I'm getting shook. All right. then. I'm- <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm waiting for bullet club versus the elite. Ooh. I'm waiting for it. And we're, we're all talking about it and you and and I know they're doing their thing and we don't care, but I wanna see you beat the crap out of them. <laughs> he's got he's got the G one coming up, but I'm sure that's gonna be in the back of his mind. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it it <laughs> It does feel like it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a very interesting fall. I kind we're we're coming up on over over an hour of it just long lot of lot of wrestling to talk about. So I kind of want to. I think I think we missed before. I'm sorry, Ross. We're gonna but there's you know like yep. uh, Morgan said there was a match that we skipped over, which was yep. um, was Jericho and MJF. Great match. I love the finish. Like I'm just gonna backtrack mm-hmm. a little bit just to go over. Let's go I for really it. Enjoyed some of the matches and coming from yep. a wrestling uh, a wrestler point of view, I think this is something that I want to touch on just for the, the wrestlers out there. But that Please finish, do. man, that finish was great. That with MJF and and Chris Jericho because it it got people to bite. Mm-hmm. Everybody bit on it, and the way they the creative way they did that was just like it left when it was done and Jericho won everybody was real happy about it because him losing would have been his way out right and nobody wanted that so everybody expected him <laughs> to win but it didn't it didn't happen like that you know it, they thought it did it was just a, it was great storytelling i love the way they put it together and uh was the other one the bucks hey. bucks it, yep no uh, hey, you know what we we, we do we gotta dive into this yeah I gotta oh my god props is due 
And yep. props is due towards the Bucks and the Lucha Bros on their cage match. That was one of the best tag matches I've seen this year. Um, and beautifully done. Mm-hmm. They just went balls out, you know, or alls out, whatever, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> and so I, I really liked it. Uh, now, as, as, as a wrestler, I there's they everything was executed beautifully, but there was just one little thing that I, I was like, oh, uh what's his name the not uh phoenix but the uh penta penta from the was it second or the top rope he did his uh zero middle to uh matt uh i think it was the second yeah yeah when he did the the canadian destroyer canadian destroyer from yep. from from uh the uh was from it the, yeah, was it, the top it was that it was top rope was, yeah it was avalanche yeah. that shit was devastating i thought that was the finish now a second later Matt popped back up and they all four round about it. And I, and I couldn't, like, I understand it's a cage yep. match. But oh, that was so beautifully done and so devastating that it could have been the finish. Now I was thinking, how do you top that? Of course, somebody had to go to all the way to the top of the cage to jump off and all three of them. Psychology-wise, to the workers, to me, doesn't make sense. But it's a cage match. Let's, yep. you know, it's all out. I get it. Besides yep. that amazing match i i really big props to the lucha bros i thought that was like super dope even um they even got even after uh penta had his wife and kids came up and hugged yep. my heart was like oh shit man i can picture my kids in one of my matches i was like they, they got blood all over them i was like oh. yep that was what was, that was <laughs> like the best to the back and wipe them up or something some shit. <laughs> personally that <laughs> was like the be- <laughs> that was the best visual storytelling of the night they have that brutal ass match the blood yeah. gets all over the title belts i mean those those title belts were painted red by the end of that show and so then penta kissing both of his kids they're like covered in his blood like you really <laughs> you really got the vibe that this was a war like it really reminded me of those of those triple a cage matches where like the not it's not just about the title it's about the pride it's about the it's about the 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 fight as much as the as the gold I, oh just a just a really beautiful moment and if if we're going to be talking about jericho versus mjf i as the stats guy i do got to bring oh, up the fact up, that jericho up. i i uh, let me just uh uh i see here on a twitch uh twitch chat who's it oh. said uh have they evolved have they evolved past flip monkeys tama that's why Corey fits hey Corey, yep. no you <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still flip monkeys monkey flips whatever you want to call them but so but but it's not that's not the point here it's a style right it's yeah. their style that they were doing that matched the lucha bros style and they in my opinion <laughs> can only have that kind of like match in that kind of setting because their styles are very similar but it's like a it's like american lucha versus Mexican lucha style, but mm-hmm. very uh, AEW style. It's it's very yeah. uh, independent it's a, style. Is but it's it was, a hybrid. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. So have they evolved past that? No, <laughs> there's still that. But I liked it. I yeah. I appreciated it. I appreciate what they did. So hey, it's a style, man. It's wrestling. Yeah, I can enjoy well, it. And look, I mean, there's there is that old saying, you know, eventually a monkey can write Shakespeare. Eventually, a, uh, you know, a flip monkey can also do can write a great match. Like it's 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 not a it, flip it's, monkey can wrestle. Yeah, there you go. exactly. And it was it it really was. I mean, it was a, an absolute show stealer. As the as the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers have kind of done it all out. The first all out event, they had a ladder match that 
definitely almost sent me to the hospital just watching it. I can only imagine how they felt. Uh, it was a it was a brutal match. Uh, and MJF, the only two high profile losses MJF has had so far are Moxley and Jericho. And on both of those, he's either gotten a visual pinfall, or in the case of in the case of Jericho, just an outright pinfall that got restarted. Uh, so they they have really done a fantastic job of of handling MJF, making sure that he he means something. He really he is one of the few people who on the microphone he means as much on the microphone as he does in the ring. Thanks to the way that they have been uh, the way they have been treating him. Uh, what did I'll throw I'll throw to you, uh, uh, Ashley? What did you kind of think of of first Lucha Bros uh, versus Young Bucks? I mean, you were there for that match. It had to have been crazy in that arena. It was insane. Chicago loves Lucha Bros. They were super over at All Out 2019. Uh, this was no different. Mm-hmm. I am thrilled that they won because I feel like the titles don't change hands enough. And especially with the tag division, it's you have so much talent that mm-hmm. I feel like they should bounce around a little bit more. Um, so I'm really excited for the matchups that the Lucha Bros can have. And I'm hoping that at Arthur Ashe, we might get Lucha Bros versus Proud and Powerful. Fingers crossed. I know. And uh, maybe they'll be able to take the belt away. Um, But that match, I mean, was was crazy. That was one of my matches of the night because it's just to be expected. MJF and Jericho. I liked the match, but I am so over this feud. Like (laughs) I mentioned this on one of the watch alongs. (laughs) I feel like it's been going on forever. And like, I just hope that this is it. Like, Please no more. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I don't think is gonna be very po- very popular. But I, if we're gonna be speaking our hearts about all out, I'm so tired of Judas. I if I never hear that song again, <laughs> it will be too soon. I just, I, I I don't agree, know though. It yeah, was right. Cool. It was cool. Like I was on the cruise for the mm-hmm. first moments. Like that was really special. And I think they had a really good thing going but it's like i'm just kind of over it right now yeah i just yeah. it's it, it, oh, well, i even started with that <laughs> <laughs> like the, i i i the crowd the crowd's enthusiasm for it got me into this i don't i'm a i'm a snob so it's not my favorite song in the world but the crowd's enthusiasm <laughs> got me into it but now it does kind of feel it does kind of feel more like when you go to church and it's like, well, we have to sing the hymns. It's not necessarily the, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this jovial moment of the crowd. It feels like the, it feels like, all right, everyone rise and sing Judas and be seated. Uh, drink a bit of bubbly to all of you. Uh, like it when just, you walked out they, they, without his music and people were singing yep. it, was it, was it last week or the week before? I forget. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to play his music, and people were singing. I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Oh shit!" Everybody knows this shit. No, I, I'm, I'm, (laughs) no, I'm good. No, he kind of had that. Props for it. I give him props. Yep. But it, and it, especially this week with the the guitarist that didn't quite match up with like i don't know this this week it felt like they kind of missed on the on the Judas Enders. I don't know what do what do you think, Morgan? We're we're talking Jericho. We're talking Lucha Brothers. But what do you think of Judas? First of all, I'm Jewish, so I don't know anything about him. Second of all, <laughs> um, <laughs> second of all, uh, the guitar was ridiculous, but I thought the, the the thing that stole it for me was the MJF countdown clock with yeah. Jericho's last match. That was hysterical. That yeah. was the greatest thing I've seen in in quite some time, and um, that I, I like Judas. 
I can definitely do without it every week. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's the every week that's getting to me. I don't I don't know. I just it definitely it's it's I I'm 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 interested to see what's next for for Jericho now that he's he's going to be on his victory lap because like if I I I'll be very clear. He signed his he signed his three year contract in February of 2019. And so that's going to put him at February of 2022 when it comes up. So we're we're coming up on there. He's either going to resign with the company or he's not. But that's going to be the that's going to be in the back of everyone's mind for the next three to six months. Uh, now, counterpoint to the Judas thing, I will probably get stuck. I will eventually get tired of people seeing cult of personality as well because oh, it yeah. has happened before, and it will happen again. So wrestling oh, no. themes. Ebb and Flow, the new Adam Cole theme song, or whatever that was, that was, that blew me away. That blew me away. So. No, and like I said, I like the Trap remix of, of Flight of the Valkyries. I just, if we're talking Jericho, I had to bring it up. I had to speak my truth on that one. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. Cult of Personality will also wear out. It's welcome eventually. As I've said on Twitter, AEW's, they, they finally shaken that past week where every, whether it was Dynamite, whether it was Rampage, every advertisement was like, we're going to have CM Punk, we're going to have Daniel Garcia, and we're going to have others. Like, it was, it was very, they, they clearly had All Out as their destination for the past few weeks, and now that All Out's going to be in the rearview mirror, I'm excited to see what kind of road lays ahead of them, especially with Arthur Ashe, Cincinnati, Full gear in November. They got a lot of they got a lot of crazy stuff coming up. Then you add the G1 climax coming up September 18th through uh, October 21st. I want to say is the is the date. That's going to be a hell of a uh, a hell of a tournament. We got a big fall coming up, folks. We got what I'm gonna I, I want to I'm done looking backwards. Let's look ahead, uh, Ashley. What are you most excited for over the next three three ish months in wrestling? So personally, I have uh, the AEW Newark show coming up and then Arthur Ashe and then GCW in October. So I've got um, a busy, busy schedule, but G1 is always a good time. Um, Full Gear is an interesting pay-per-view because I feel like it falls at kind of like a lull Mm -hmm. period. So um, especially getting from Full Gear to Revolution is always, it feels like a long gap. So I'm interested to see where we end up going there but um it's an exciting time oh yeah all right how about you morgan what's what are you excited for the next three months as we we head down this road well as as i said before i'm looking hopefully to catch minoru suzuki in person uh i really want that uh i'm excited to see the g1 i'm excited to see tama mix it up um we steered a little away from that but i'm excited to see tama mix it up in the g1 i'm excited to see you know i would like as I think every Islander and everybody listening would like to see Tama go the full distance and get the flag and the trophy mm-hmm. and get the singles belt. Cause I, I mean, we've been talking about it for a long time, a long time. So even yeah. maybe, you know, Hell yeah. even just a, yeah. a run of Tanahashi, if you, you know, we, you get, we, you get the W over him. We get the heavyweight strap on you. We get the United States heavyweight strap on you. Anything, you know, something, yep. come on, man. That's what I'm excited for. That's I that's agree. what that's what I was about to bring up. Not only is the G1, but on that road to the G1, you got the US, you got the US heavyweight champion in your sights. Like it could be, it could be a very interesting few months for you, Tom. Are you you I'm stoked? Kill Tana. I'm <laughs> <laughs> that was for you, Karen. I'll see you in the Twitch chat. <laughs> ha- happy birthday, Karen. Happy birthday. 
All right. Well, this has been a supersized episode of Thomas Island. I thank you all for joining us in the Twitch. I thank you, Ashley, Morgan, Tama. Thank you for for joining us for this marathon. Ashley, where can people find you if you want them to find you throughout throughout those plugs? Oh, thank you. So I am on Twitter at Ashley is dashing as my personal account. I do run a podcast uh, at Dojo and Dynamite, which covers uh, New Japan, AEW and anything else that me and my boyfriend want to talk about. And uh, those episodes drop weekly. Oh, yeah. And Morgan, where can people find you if they if they want to find you? Uh, so I am Morgan Epstein on Facebook uh, and on Twitter. I am kicking underscore myself. Um, I am also a podcaster, um, and we drop episodes every Monday. It is a Magic the Gathering, uh, card gaming and wrestling, uh, deep dive for everything. Um, so we actually have a tournament coming up here in Maryland that Dan Housen introduced, which was really sweet the other day, um, called the Legacy Pit. So I'm going to shout them out really quickly. But if you want to come and check us out, uh, the podcast is Kicking Myself, uh, MTG. Um, we just shoot shit have a couple of drinks, hang out and talk a bunch of bullshit. So it's real fun. I like that. Hell yeah. Hell I yeah. Like All right, Tom, where can everyone find you? All right. Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter, Tama underscore Tonga or Instagram, uh, the good bad guy, Tama Tonga. And look, Morgan, Ashley, get your TikTok up. You got to get TikTok. <laughs> Y'all want to find me on TikTok. I don't have a lot yet, but I'm going to get started. Mm-hmm. All right. Especially in this view one, I'll be putting up a lot of shit. Tomatonga one 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 one, really hell yeah, hell yeah. Ross, I'm sorry, Ross. Hey, oh no, you're fine. No, you're fine. I was I was just gonna I was just gonna say don't forget G1 starts uh, September 18th. Your first foe is going to be Sonata. You've been shit talking him for the past like year on this podcast. Real excited to see how that goes down. I'll be covering it for WrestleZone. Head on over to at Ross W Berman IV. Uh, at Ross Berman IV on uh, Instagram and at WrestleZone.com uh, on Twitter. Uh, thank you all again for joining us. We'll be back same time next week. Uh, if you head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Thomas Island, hit that subscribe to the Islander tier. We're going to be back on that happy hour train as uh, as the G1 is going on and as the uh, as this big fall comes up. Thank you again for uh, for tuning in. We hope you all have a good uh, a good evening. Thanks, guys. Y'all enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to this week's Thomas Island. Find more great Thomas Island content like the Shotgun series, weekly happy hour Zoom calls with Tama, video versions of the podcast, and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash Thomas Island and visit at Thomas Island on Instagram and Twitter.